You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. We finally made it. We made it to the NFL regular season uh, with a few days left before the start of the regular season. It looks like it is going to indeed kick off. We're not going to have a delayed season because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is great news for football fans everywhere. As always, you can get your questions in to our show by calling 716-508-0405. We have two really good questions via the voicemail line today. You can always tweet us at rumblingsqna. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Twitter messages, Facebook messages on the Buffalo Rumblings accounts. Um, Instagram messages work. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can leave comments in the comments section of our show notes articles over at buffalorumblings.com as well to have your questions answered on air. The Bills had roster cut down over the weekend. They've got the Jets this week. There's so many topics up in the air. Let's get right to it. And let's head right over to the voicemail line at 716-508-0405. This is David Summers from the uh, Northern California Bills Packers in San Jose. And um, I was, with all the uh, question about Gilliam making the team and, and what position he makes it at, it's got me thinking, how big a difference is there between uh, uh Halfback, fullback, and tight end. I mean, they both, they all can come out of the backfield and, uh, catch. They all can be given the ball to run. Um, I guess to me, the only real difference seems to be, uh, where they line up less than, uh, skill set. Uh, what do you think? Well, that's a great question, David. Thanks for calling in to the voicemail line. Uh, so Reggie Gilliam's number was changed last week. And his position, official position on the Buffalo Bills website was changed from fullback to tight end. Um, He's the only fullback slash tight end on the roster right now because Patrick DeMarco went on injured reserve for the entire season. It was before the roster cutdowns. So DeMarco is going to be done for the year. So uh, back to Gilliam and the position he plays. Um, Typically speaking, it has more to do with body type than anything else. Um, Right now, Reggie Gilliam is listed at six feet tall. He's the shortest tight end in the entire league. So he doesn't really have a ton of ability to say go over the middle and make a catch over a linebacker or in traffic. He gets a little bit lost in the shuffle because he's so small. At the same time, he's not quite as thick as your traditional fullbacks would be uh, as a lead blocker. Uh, Halfbacks typically operate a little bit 
on the edges of the offense. They don't necessarily go right up the middle as, you know, the bruising type of fullback. So it really has more to do with body type and what they're asked to do than it does anything else. So like halfbacks are bigger so they can do some blocking. They can do, especially, um, blocks to the outside, like, you know, your sweeps, uh, tosses, uh, they can set the edge against linebackers. Uh, so they, they have some ability to, some lateral agility ability <laughs> to, to get out into space and make blocks as opposed to say running up and blasting a hole with a huge defensive tackle in the middle of the line. So I, I think we are going to see the Bills utilize that a little bit. Um, they didn't use DeMarco on a ton of fullback snaps anyway last year, especially because their short yardage uh, play is typically Josh Allen. It isn't a, you know, lead block from the fullback blowing a hole and um, you know Franco running up the middle like that didn't happen a ton last year they used Josh Allen a lot more in the short yardage so having a traditional fullback isn't necessary for the Bills offense going forward having that halfback option um, to be able to get out to the edge and and do some stuff like that I think is really going to be beneficial for them We'll see what kind of impact uh, Reggie Gilliam has on the offense. Thanks, Dave, for calling in at our phone line at 716-508-0405. Let's stick in the backfield and go to a question from the comments section over at buffalorumlinks.com on our last show notes article. Overdue Bills asks us, A lot has been said about Zach Moss's ability to pass block and catch the rock. Devin Singletary was utilized, underutilized last year, yet he had the highest percentage of 10-plus yard carries among NFL running backs. Who gets more touches in 2020, Moss or Singletary? And who plays more in the crappy weather of December? And who scores more touchdowns? Question mark. Lots of questions in there. So let's break down the Bills' uh, running back depth here a little bit. I still think Singletary is going to get more carries especially on like first down second down um so i just i anticipate him having more yards uh and more touches just because he's going to get those first and second down reps um uh, that doesn't mean that moss isn't going to get the ball he sure is but especially how they um kind of moved singletary along last year as a rookie easing him in to the offense they're going to do the same thing with moss this year and Moss doesn't even have the benefit of playing preseason games. So um, if they bring him along slowly, say he gets you know very few carries in the first couple weeks, maybe they even make TJ Yeldon active on game day and um, give Moss fewer reps at the beginning of the year. As he gets his legs under him, literally and figuratively, um, into the season, you're going to see that go away and you're going to see him start taking over more of a role. But without a preseason, with an altered offseason, and based on what we saw last year with their rookie running back, you just can't imagine Moss having such a huge role right off the bat. So I think it's a very easy call to say Devin Singletary is going to get more carries, more touches in 2020. I also think that um, he's going to score more touchdowns. Again, we talked earlier about Josh Allen being the the goal line back uh, he's got a ton of rushing touchdowns from inside the five yard line over the last few years and normally you would give that to your you know ground and pound back which would be zach moss in this case and not necessarily devin singletary so i don't think he's going to score on those short yardage touchdowns josh allen is going to vulture those and so i think that uh, singletary is going to score 
more touchdowns than Zach Moss. And, and finally, the, the third part of that question was who's going to be toting the rock more in December, the crappy weather. Um, Moss makes more sense. Singletary did put it on the ground a lot last year. So if they did switch it over to Zach Moss, uh, that would certainly make sense. Uh, Singletary in the snow um, makes guys miss, though. And so because he knows where he's going, but the defenders don't. So he can do a little bit more of the twitchiness uh, to make more guys miss. So it might make sense that Moss and Singletary are split evenly in December with uh, with Singletary's fumbling problems if they persist into 2020. Thanks for letting me talk about the running back situation. And now we've hit all of the backs because I even threw Yeldon in there. We've got uh, Gilliam, Moss, Singletary, and Yeldon. Uh, we didn't talk about Tywan Jones because he's probably not going to play on offense. So, uh, But thanks for letting me talk about all those guys. That question came from Overdue Bills over in our comment section at buffalorumblings.com. We've got one Twitter question this week, so let's make it our Twitter question of the week. Uh, B Mormon 2020, why don't we have a punter on the practice squad right now? Well, I'm actually more worried about kicker than punter because that's points off the board as opposed to punter, which you know most of the time you don't need to use. Uh, so the, the Bills, I, in my opinion, should have a, both a punter and a kicker or a guy that can handle both duties in an emergency situation on their practice squad. Uh, if a guy gets a positive COVID test on Saturday morning, which is the last COVID test before game day on Sunday, the Bills wouldn't have enough time to bring in another player and have him pass the COVID-19 protocols in order to be able to play on Sunday. So I think the Bills should have a punter and a kicker or a guy that can handle both of those in an emergency situation on the practice squad. So this question came um, in response to a comment on how the Patriots don't even have a kicker on their active roster right now. They have two on their practice squad, and Bill Belichick is expected to promote one of them uh, for his game on Sunday. Um, so that's, I think, a smart move, having guys that can handle that on your practice squad that have already passed your COVID screening. They can just move up on a game day. Uh, so I don't know the answer to that. The Bills worked out three kickers this week. Maybe they'll sign one of them uh, if they you know, if they want to. Uh, the Bills have worked out several punters over the last month. They have a lot of information on the available punters right now, so they could add somebody right now if they wanted to uh, because they have the information that they need. Um, obviously, they're choosing not to do that. Um, maybe they're cross-training uh, Tyler Bass to handle punting duties and Corey Bajorquez to maybe make field goals. I, I That's more unlikely. But you, you can tell that the pills aren't really concerned about it at least right now uh, so uh, we'll see how that shakes out it might change over the course of the next few weeks the, the covid test rate is really low um in the nfl so maybe the bills are banking on it staying really low um i'd actually i'm more worried about their long snapper than the punter or kicker uh, if reed ferguson has to go out who's their new long snapper because that can lead to some disastrous results so uh, they really need to be cross-training a second long snapper and I'm sure they have what you would consider an emergency long snapper but I want a guy that's doing it you know more than even just like you know once a week in practice you know I want the, a guy that's doing it every single day um, even if it's like his only special teams duty whoever the backup long snapper is I don't know who it is right now but if it's like they don't run any other special teams they're just practicing 
long snapping during special teams times, that would make me a lot happier. So those are where my concerns lie with the uh, practice squad positions and the um, and the special teams. So thanks for the question over on Twitter. Uh, be Mormon 2020. We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go back to the phone line at 716-508-0405. Hi, this is Andrew from Pena, New York. I've got a kind of roster-related question for you. So my question is, uh, who are the worst Bills players that ended up making the cut and making it on the team and actually playing in a game? Right? For example, we could do this. Uh, per position, right? Who are the worst Bills per position that ends up making the team and actually playing? Um, I'll give you the first easy one, quarterback Nathan Peterman. How about some other t- other positions, other players? Thanks. Well, thanks for the question, Andrew. And uh, if I'm understanding it right, it's like the worst players that ever made the Bills cut. And that's I mean, it's a pretty long list. I mean, obviously, if you're, especially if you're talking about career arcs, guys that you know were young and we were hoping were ascending, but made the team and just turned out to be you know god awful. Um, Use the example of Nathan Peterman making the team. He wasn't just making the team; he was named the opening day starter. Like people think about and talk about Sean McDermott like he walks on water. But that dude made Nathan Peterman his opening day starter and then stuck with him for 30 minutes of football before pulling the trigger on moving over to Josh Allen after allowing his other veteran backup, uh, A.J. McCarron, to be traded away. So obviously mistakes were made. And you know Sean McDermott doesn't really take any heat for those, but he named Nathan Peterman his opening day starter a couple of years ago. So that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a guy that wasn't very good, but he has a place. Obviously, the Raiders are keeping him on the roster in uh, Las Vegas. And you know, he, he must be good in the quarterback room or, you know, be worthwhile in practice or running a scout team or, or whatever it happens to be because you know, he just keeps getting money and keeps, you know, finding a place in the NFL. So anyway, that's not really your question. Your question is like, who are the worst players to make the cut on the roster on the Bills over the last few years? I think the 2020 roster is pretty deep. We may look back on a guy like Reggie Gilliam and say, you know, what the heck were the Bills thinking with that guy? Or um, maybe even Tyler Bass um, if he flames out in the NFL as a punter. Um, Corey Bajorquez is someone that people are saying about that right now. Like, why can't we upgrade over Corey Bajorquez? But I think on the whole, the Buffalo Bills roster doesn't look 
like the guys you're talking about. So it doesn't look like any of them are like huge mistakes or, you know, super crappy or whatever. Looking back a year to 2019, I'm going to start at the offensive line and say a guy like Connor McDermott, who never really made it into an NFL game for any meaningful snaps is a guy that I would put on that list. Um, he just never developed though. Like he was a guy they were trying to develop and he just never kind of got over the hump. So it's not like he was bad. It was just like he was developing, developing, developing to a certain point and then never advanced beyond that point. Maybe you could say that about Maurice Alexander a year ago, who was supposed to be a special teams contributor and linebacker safety coverage guy, but never really panned out. But those are both pretty weak answers. Uh, let's look back to 2018 and just do the, you know, Bean McDermott era and keep going there. You had the aforementioned Peterman as the starting quarterback on the Buffalo Bills initial 53-man roster in 2018. Wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin is another name that a lot of Bills fans will remember as a guy who didn't pan out and was very bad when he was with the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, an, a trade from Brandon Bean that didn't work out uh, in 2017. He made the roster in 2018. So did Zay Jones. The Bills running our wide receiver position. Here's the, here's the rundown of the wide receiver position in 2018. Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, Jeremy Curley, Ray Ray McLeod, and Robert Foster. Literally none of those guys are on the Bills roster now. And um, I think only two of those guys, uh, Zay Jones and Ray Ray McLeod, are on active rosters right now. And Ray Ray was cut by the Bills just a few weeks ago, signed with the Steelers, and made an impression enough to make their 53-man roster. So good for Ray Ray. Uh, but yeah, Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, Jeremy Curley, Ray Ray McLeod, and Robert Foster. Those are the wide receivers from 2018. And I think you could add the group as a whole onto the list. Uh, here's another name, Kari Lee, the tight end that made the 2018 roster. Another guy that, you know... He had a role. It was just a super defined role. It's like having Lee Smith, but being like worse than Lee Smith. So he, he's another guy I would um, offer up for this list. And then finally, back to 2017, uh, you had TJ Yates and Nathan Peterman as your backup quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody's going to be up in arms to keep them off this list. Wide receiver, Corey Brown, Kalen Clay, Andre Holmes, Zay Jones, Jordan Matthews, Brandon Tate. Really, all of those guys could be added to this list for the Buffalo Bills. And that's saying something. So the Bills wide receivers, man, they were bad 2017, 2018. Uh, running back, Joe Banyard, a guy that most of us probably forgot about. Um, who oh boy, there's, I mean, there's some guys on the defensive front that, you know, they were journeyman players. I don't know if they were necessarily bad. They certainly filled roles and they were NFL caliber or at least bottom NFL caliber players. But I don't know if they were bad, bad necessarily. So I'm going to leave their names out of my mouth right now just because, you know, they they served their role. They, they had a place to play and the Bills were completely rebuilding in 2017. I think I've hammered this enough. So let's move on to the next question. Thanks for calling in at our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. We're going to go back to email right now. Devin sends an email to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. 
is it realistic to expect the Bills to exercise the fifth-year options for both Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen, given all the upcoming salary cap constraints and current roster deficiencies? Um, not only do I think it's realistic, I think it's pretty darn likely. Uh, I think Tremaine Edmonds has been outstanding at such a young age uh, and really grown into his role on the Buffalo Bills defense. I think he's a guy that you want to lock up long term. Josh Allen is a guy that I think they're probably going to give the fifth year option to at this point in time. Uh, even you know if he just stays the same way he's he's played so far, they're going to give him the fifth year option, especially in the COVID off season. Um, it's a weird year. Like he would just really have to like crash and burn in 2020 to, to not get that fifth year option. So yeah, I think it's pretty darn likely that both of those guys uh, get that guaranteed salary um, and that they need to make that decision this coming spring before the 21 season. And um, that'll be for the 2022 season where which will be their fifth years in the nfl so i think it's pretty likely um i don't think it's going to be too cost prohibitive for Edmonds, especially with how much he plays and how well he plays uh, allen of course will be a pretty sizable contract on the fifth year option just because he plays quarterback and it's an average of the top salaries at the position so i think it, they'll be able to do that it it does bring up the Matt Milano conundrum. Like, do you want to pay Matt Milano knowing that you're going to have to pay Tremaine Edmonds down the line? And I think that is a legitimate concern. But I do think that Edmonds and Allen will both be on this team. I think that's the long-term plan. I, I think Milano should be as well. Um, but if you look at a lot of the contracts they've passed out, they've got a lot of guys on two-year deals that include 2020 and 2021 to come off the books in 2022 when they have to pay those bigger salaries for Allen and Edmonds. So thanks for your question and our email inbox, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. And thanks for all the questions this week. We really appreciate the voicemails we received this week. We haven't had voicemails in a while. Email um, comments in the comment section over at buffalorumblings.com. We got a lot of great questions this week from sources we don't always hear from. Uh, as always, you can also tweet us at rumblings Q and A on Twitter. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Uh, voicemail 716-508-0405. Instagram and Facebook messages. You can uh, send us emails, buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. Please get in touch with us as the Bills enter the 2020 season with their game against the New York Jets this week. We'll be talking about an actual game during next week's podcast. So stay tuned and go Bills. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.